I know that there's been uh, lots of prayer, but maybe just pray once more. Lord Jesus, King of the universe, we thank you that um, we can gather around the throne, not merely in a hall in Paul, but but uh, joining countless lives, countless saints, gazing upon the one who holds everything together. And Lord, this, this morning we trust God that the eyes of our hearts will be flooded with light. And we trust you for that, for every single one of us. Lord, Holy Spirit, where, where there needs to be an unlocking, I pray for an unlocking, for an opening up. Lord, we trust for those ancient doors uh, that have kept you out uh, to open, to swing even this morning into lives and into communities and into uh, workplaces, into areas that have been uh, resisting you for generations. Lord, we pray this morning generational curses will be broken. Lord, we just trust you this morning that ancient um, secrets will be revealed. Lord, we trust you, God, that there will be such a decisive move of heaven in our midst. Lord, we pray, God, that you will come and position yourself. Lord, we trust you for a move of God. If you do not move, we are wasting our time. Unless you build our church, God, we are wasting our time. And so we trust you. We trust you, God, that you would be watching and that you would be building and that you will be making moves in our midst that will loosen and break yokes. We trust you, Jesus. And even as we've been singing, so we want to pray that you will be glorified. You will be seen. You will be declared for who you are. Amen. It's an absolute privilege to um, gaze uh, into the book of Colossians together. Um, I'm blessed by it, and I'm trusting that you are. But for those who maybe haven't been doing the last two or so weeks journey with us, where we are right now is we are looking at the book of Colossians. And... Um, and we started off by looking at what God has done, how he has qualified the totally disqualified, how he has brought us in. Um, and then we were, uh, last week we were considering who is the God who is busy qualifying? Who is this that is actually doing this? What is, is the Spirit through Paul telling uh, the church worldwide? And, and, and that is exactly where we're going to continue this morning. So if you missed the last two weeks do yourself a favor, go and listen to the recordings, do yourself a favor, get into the book of Colossians, do yourself a favor and travel with us as the Lord wants to show secrets. All right. So if you don't know what to do for your quiet time, open the, the recording, start listening. Suddenly there will be a desire to be in the book. Good. So I'm just going to read uh, two or three verses where we were last week and then take it from there. We are in chapter uh, 1 of Colossians, the book of Colossians, and I'm reading from verse 12, which we were discussing last week, but just to pick it up. So we are giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 
And He has delivered us. This Father has delivered us from the domain and the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. So we were finishing off last week in verse 14 where we were speaking about a Redeemer and how there is somebody who came to pay the price and buy free there where we lost it, where we sold out, and He bought us back unto Himself. And I want to start off in verse 15, which says, He is the image of the invisible God. Now that word image is the Greek word icon. Icon. And it is where we also get the English word icon from. Okay. The definition of icon is likeness. Um, you could uh, use the word icon for a statue. So if we look at a statue of uh, uh, Nelson Mandela, we, would, we could use the, the Greek word icon. That's an representation. It's a resemblance. It's an image of Nelson Mandela. We could say it's a profile or a resemblance or a representation of that person. So he is the image of the invisible God, means Jesus is the profile picture of the Father. He is that which is posted when God wants to reveal himself. He says, this is who I am. Ruan mentioned something last night where he said, um, Jesus is like God and God is like Jesus. He's exactly that. He is the image of the invisible God. Now, if you do a different dictionary, like an English dictionary of the word icon, okay, we're still with what Jesus is. It would say it is um, a person or a thing widely admired. Hij wordt wijd gerespecteerd, especially for having great influence or significance in a particular sphere. So here's the picture. Someone who has gone through tremendous difficulty would be an icon. So um, Sia Kulisi now, Springbok rugby captain, would be an icon for a community that is struggling. That says, but he could do it, so we can too. He could get through, so brings us hope. It brings us like there is someone who overcame. That means possibly I can too. An icon is 
The, the Springbok rugby team winning a series would be an icon. Sometimes people look at a pop star and it would be an icon. Like they are so, or they would look at somebody who, I, I remember at some stage, some of the, the, the Hollywood stars uh, um, had, a, had a marriage that lasted for a while, which is contrary to what it usually goes in Hollywood. So they would be an icon of hope. Like maybe there is hope for marriages that can stay together, you know? So an icon is that image that brings hope. And this, what our Lord is, is exactly that. He is the hope bringer. Do you remember that at the beginning, when God said, um, the word there is Elohim, when Elohim said, the, um, the, 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 the strongest, the greatest in all of universe said, let us make mankind in our image, in the image and likeness. So looking like and being like God is where we were created to be and where we fell from. And when we get someone who is the exact image of the Father, he is the hope bringer. He is the one that says the dream in the heart of God is alive. It is possible. It is available. It can be done. The, 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 um, the disappointments, the disillusionments, the disqualifications in my life will not determine what is possible. They can discourage me from what is possible. But they cannot define. There is an icon that says what is possible. And we have been brought into the hope bringer. The exact. I just want to pick up a quick nuance. I love this. So I have to do a bit of a detour. In the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew we find um, Jesus again being challenged by the Pharisees. And they want to lay the traps like they always did, coming with a wrong motive. And they come and they say, Jesus, you are uncompromising. Obviously, uh, they, 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 they um, uh, uh, what do you call this? Smirom. Yenang on mond. What is that? They, they, um, flattery. They are flattering him. Okay? Teacher. You teach the word in truth, and you don't, you don't, should we pay taxes? <laughs> There's the trap. And then Jesus comes, and he says the following, why do you, why do you want to tempt me? And bring me, bring me a uh, denarius, a coin. And then Jesus said, whose likeness and inscription is this? And then they say, yeah, well, this is Caesar's. And then uh, he said to them, therefore render, verse 21, uh, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And he brings a separation there, just in their thinking, he helps them, he processes them. But do you know when he says, whose image is this? What's the word that he's using? Icon. Whose icon is this? And if you look at your life, Whose icon is on your life? Is it an icon that says, I belong to the quest for money? 
I belong to the quest for the kingdom, for the image of the creator. I am, because he goes on, he says, whose image and epigraphe, inscription, is on this. What is written into your life, into the fabric of your being? What is written in the spiritual realm? Is there some corrupted writing that claims something that you and I are not? Something that needs to be decisively eradicated? Or is there something of the word written that says, I am defined somewhere out of eternity, and I'm going to live reflecting that? Whose inscription and likeness do we find when we, when we turn inward? Well, it's clear that Jesus said, if you've seen me, Jesus, you've seen the Father. And that is the call, the absolute call over every living person's life is people need to see the Father by looking at us. And in Christ, that hope is alive. He is the icon of the invisible God. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Verse 16. Um, whether things, and this is a nice thing, whether it's invisible demons or visible demons, all things, I nearly, nearly added something into the visible demons, but I held back. Invisible demons or visible demons. Um, thrones and dominions. Don't be, don't be distracted. There is one who created all things were created through him and for him. The nice thing about Jesus is there is not just a creator that made things and then they are sort of set like stars in motion and they are going into oblivion, you know, traveling just away, 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 away into the awareness. Um, we have, have been created from but for. Every one of us created for a creator, created for him. He has got some desire for your and my life, a desire to enjoy your and my life. Did you know that it was decision that brought us about? It was choice that brought us forth. We did not happen without him considering, what will I like? What am I going to enjoy what do I want for me if I can take a piece of nothing and out of nothing I can make something? He decided, I want to enjoy life. And then he made you. And me. <laughs> Romans 11 picks up on this. Just, it's a little bit more and it, and it elaborates this. So, for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Um, so it's the same concept, just a little bit more. From Him, through Him, to Him. From Him, through Him, to Him. Here it is. Creator, from Him. Through Him is sustainer, the carrier. So it, it, it wasn't just from Him and there goes whatever, your life, but there is a sustenance. I'm carrying it all the time. I'm sustaining it by his mighty word of power. And then again, to him. And the circle is complete. From him. Sustained by him. Back to him. And when we pray, let's lean into him who originated, who sustains, 
and who returns, who originates. If you pray something in that circle, you'll be praying the will of God and receiving it. And we are in Him, the carrier, the sustainer of everything that exists. Last night as I was considering this, it brought me so much comfort. I am in the carrier. I am in Him. We were brought into Him who sustains. How beautiful is that? And He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. I'm going to get to this. Get to this. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Are you writing down? Or are you going to remember all this? Okay. Preeminent is the word proteo. So this is the Greek proteo. To, it means to be first in rank or in influence. Okay. It sounds, okay, first in rank or in influence. comes from the word protos. And protos is the superlative, they call it contracted superlative, the superlative of the word pro, Greek word pro. Pro means to be, okay, just like a pro golf player, pro rugby player, pro whatsoever, it's the guy who's the best, all right? It's, he's, he's the best because he's been doing it the longest, or he's got the most skill, or he's, 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 he's a pro, you know? He's just, he's just, but protos is the is the, um, the maximum superlative. So if you say, he's the bestest, he is the earliest, he is the strongest, he is the maximum, here's it, the superlative degree refers to the maximum of the quality or the quantity conveyed. It is the maximum that you can get of pro, that is protos. The maximum that you can get in being first in time, the maximum that you can get in being the first in influence, the maximum that you could be, uh, 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 that, that you could have in being ranked, so the maximum rank, the maximum earliest, the maximum influencer, the maximum in everything that you can be, that is proteo, that Jesus in everything might be the maximum that is possible. And it is the pleasure of the Father to place Him foremost, right there. And we are in Him who is first. Now, you also get, um, the, the, from the word pro, we, um, we, we get the word proton. And for those who've done a little bit of, what would you do, science, chemistry, something, you know that all matter consists of atoms. So there's nothing... You cannot, you cannot look around and see something that is not consist of atoms. Your hairs have got atoms. Your nose has got atoms. The stand has got atoms. The floor and everything else have got atoms. The air around us have got atoms. Every atom is built up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. Right? Three parts. They are held together by a core of proton. Okay? Everything... All matter is held by a proton. And then the rest goes around that. Proton is what holds matter 
And Jesus is in all things the one who holds the matter. He holds your life. He holds this church. He holds this universe. He is preeminent in time, in rank, in influence, in the smallest matter, in the largest matter. He is the preeminent one. And Father enjoys that. He's the sustaining force that holds all things together. He's the head, the leader, the beginning of every beginning. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Understandably so, if you think <laughs> how preeminent he is. Understandably, it would be the place where God is pleased to dwell. I mentioned it last week quickly, but can we just say, if the fullness of God desires to dwell in Jesus, why are you and I struggling to dwell in Him? Why do, you, why do we think it's boring? Why do you think it's small? Why do you think it's insignificant when He calls us to abide in me and I will abide in you? Just as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, so you cannot exist as an electron if you don't swirl around the proton all the time. Our call is not a small call. It's a huge call. But somehow, by the lies of the devil, these electrons have gone off on a tangent, thinking that they will matter without the proton. It will not have any significance whatsoever. Now, I just want to say something quickly. We must understand that um, um, from this, Jesus is our richness. He, he, the entire inheritance is in Jesus. The entire promise of the Father over your and my life is in Christ. You don't have a promise of joy of life, of longevity, of anything desirable. There is nothing of, of relationship. There is nothing of family. There is nothing that we have as a promise in front of us, as a hope that is not in Christ. Everything, every promise of God is found right there in the middle. He is our rich inheritance. He is our exceedingly great reward. But here is the thing we need to understand. Understand this quickly. Stay with me. We've got, we've, got the, um, we've got the inheritance here in front of us. But Jesus said it is more difficult for a rich man to enter the inheritance than for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. Um, the, the, it's not a literal needle which you work with. It's a small little gate in, in Jerusalem's walls or in, in ancient Israel somewhere. I don't know. Did you see the eye of the needle when you were? Okay. Eye of the needle, supposedly small, small thing. Here is a camel can go through that gate, but he can only go through the gate if he's stripped of everything and if he's on his knees. So the camel needs to be stripped of everything and on his knees. He needs to crawl through that Eye of the needle. A rich man 
has got too much stuff to desire the riches. And can I just say, when Jesus speaks of riches, he also speaks about being rich in worries. Being rich in cares. Being rich in other things. Including money, but not only money. And I want to urge us this morning, consider the riches of Christ and then willingly be stripped of everything else that distracts. Otherwise, you will not find your way into that kingdom. It is better to go in lacking stuff. Jesus said a hand or an eye or something. If it makes you trip up. He is our exceedingly great reward. Be willing to be stripped and we will inherit. Elementary, but true regardless. Colossians 1.20. And through him, uh, I lost the plot a bit, so let's just start. You probably won't follow uh, as well. Uh, 1.19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. What we need to see is um, that God has a desire for peace. When, when, does, when does one reconcile? When, when do you need to reconcile? Anyone? When do you need to reconcile? When there's been a tiff. When there's been some quarrel. When there's been something where you didn't agree, where you disagreed, and it maybe went nasty, and, and there, it's not a peaceful relationship. There's something in between us, and we need to reconcile. I don't know about you, but what I have found is that unless we deal with what is between us, the words on the outside mean nothing. Because the thing is still there. We have to deal with the thing. And when we see God that desires to reconcile, we must understand something is between Him and His creation. Something is between us and the Father before reconciliation is needed. And here is God. And He says, I desire relationship. I desire to be at such a place of peace with you and with my creation, with everything and everyone. I have a desire, but I cannot until we deal with the elephant that's in the room. And the elephant in the room is that we turned our back on God. The elephant in the room is that we chose to be our own center while there can be only one center. The elephant in the room is that we want to worship whoever and whatever we desire as the most elementary in our lives. And God says, that cannot coexist with me. There can be only one. And we need to talk about this. The elephant is in the room. So here's God. 
I want to be your friend. On a very, very intimate and personal level, I want to be father to you. I want to be provider to you. I want to be defender to you. But I cannot do it unless we deal with this thing called sin. Sin is where you and I disagree. You say something is right, and I say, "Mm -mm." if I say I, God, God says, "Mm -mm." that what you think is right is not right in my eyes. So God says, I, God, am a just God. I cannot ignore what is going on here, but I can deal with it. I cannot ignore sin, make as if it didn't happen, but I can nail sin. And I have nailed sin to a cross. I have taken But you need to receive what I have taken. You need to agree with my move for us to be on the same on the same plan uh, on the same page. And I just I I just I was just as as I was meditating on this, I was just thinking of a God says, I was publicly humiliated for what you are walking in now. Publicly humiliated that I can publicly honor you. Do you know that that the humiliation of Jesus is ours if we don't bow the knee to Jesus? We will, every single individual on this earth will have a public humiliation before everyone if we don't receive the humiliation of the Christ. I was was this morning as I was spending some time just considering Jesus. I had a, a look again at a, at, a, at a clip from The Passion, the movie The Passion of the Christ. And the, the clip that I was looking at is as Jesus was carrying his cross, um, there was this absolute the, the spitting upon him and the throwing of stones and the Roman soldiers being so vicious um, and, and, and his mother just going through the torment and running to him. And, and, and as I was considering this, I was amazed at how Jesus was bearing the, the humiliation of those who despised it. They despised what he was doing, but he was carrying their humiliation. They, they mocked him while he was busy saving them. While he was saving them, they were mocking him. And then as his mother comes... He kisses the face and says, See, mother, I'm making all things new. We need to see that he's making all things new. And when we see the preeminent one, we bow and worship and let go. And this morning, as we are together, we need to bow and worship and let go before a preeminent one. Don't justify anything. Bow. Acknowledge. Step back. I'm sorry, Lord. Where I've missed it, I want to agree with you quickly. I confess I don't deserve. But I believe you are my exceedingly great reward. I want to end it just there. 
I want us for a moment, in a way that makes sense to you, maybe you want to kneel, maybe you just want to sit and close your eyes, maybe you want to lift your hands, maybe you want to lie down, maybe it's irre irrelevant, but let's for a moment respond to the preeminent. The icon, the hope bringer. Lord, we thank you that this morning there is no one who is outside of the reach of grace. And I pray, Lord, that where we might with our actions be mocking your work of salvation, ignorant, blind, Maybe just not seeing or not responding. Or, Lord, we want to change that. We want to gaze at the profile picture of God. We want to gaze at the preeminent. The one who is before. And who forever will be. And Jesus, we want to, we want to reach into you. And say, our hope is built on nothing less. Then your blood, O oh God, and your righteousness. Maybe you are here this morning and you haven't responded to the Lord like this before. Now is your time. Just on your knees. Just, just somehow, just say sorry. In your words, just, I'm going to give a bit of space and time. Just respond to the King. I just want to say, Lord, I'm so sorry where I lived life for myself. I'm missing the preeminent. Lord, and I'm sorry where I desire things for myself. Not understanding the desire. Lord, we want to come as a congregation. We want to lay ourselves down before you. Cast our crowns. Jesus, be thou our vision. We pray, Lord, that you would inhabit our hearts, our lives, that you will captivate our imagination. We surrender. We say we are yours, Lord. For your pleasure. In Paul, for a time such as this. And so we come to the one who made and sustains. We pray that you would breathe on us again this morning in a way that will empower and envision, deliver, set us up for victory, not by ourselves but centered around the proton of the universe.
hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth, just like it is in your heart. encourage you to take this week and to look at Jesus. Uh, it's incredible how uh, uh, that every, when everything works together, it's held together. But the atomic bomb happens when there's a splitting off and those kind of neutrons go on their own. And, uh, and that's what happens to our lives. It becomes combustive, it becomes explosive, and everything's in havoc. So let's come around Jesus. Amen. Guys, have a wonderful week. Bless you. Welcome to hang around a little bit. And I hope you have a lovely day. Bye-bye.